This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 1203, June 14th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us for the Tuesday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Rachel Pearson filling in for Rob Hart. The cryptocurrency platform Coinbase is laying off workers. We'll find out why in our next segment. But right now, a reading from America's Small Businesses is out, along with the latest report on producer prices. We're joined by Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. Uh, Matt, great to have you here with us this afternoon. Let's start uh, with the uh, NFIB report and sort of its outlook for small businesses. What can you tell us about it? The small business optimism is one of our go-to metrics every month for the Blue World Economic Index because small businesses in the country are the largest employers. And how they're feeling about the economy is going to have a tremendous impact on the labor market. Uh, as well as pricing, prices, availability, and all of that. And it, the reading today was very disappointing uh, and continues to fall. It's on a 12-month decline. And today's reading, well, for for perspective, and we always advocate perspective when looking at these things, during the worst of COVID, uh, the average reading during that period was 939 Today came in at 93.1, and that is, of course, reflecting the lack of optimism going forward based on everything else we're seeing in the economy, uh, not the least of which is inflation and the PPI, which was, uh, you know, headlined today. Right, right. I want to circle back because small business, as you mentioned, it's it's not just inflation, it's it's labor shortages. They still haven't bounced back from supply chain issues. Uh, but I do think that perhaps the largest uh, loom, looming concept is that of, of inflation and what we're expecting from the Fed uh, in the next day. Uh, there's been some speculation that we could see a rate hike of three quarters of a point this week. What are your thoughts on that? I think we need to be cautious, uh, especially with regard to trying to take that expectation and then apply it to a market strategy. Uh, It wouldn't be the first time that uh, we've had a group of analysts get overly conservative and say, yes, I think we're going to have three quarters of a point. And the reality turns out to be more like a half a point. So uh, I've seen and read a lot of things today about how to quote unquote play the Fed uh, into tomorrow. And we really have to advocate caution with regard to doing that because anything three quarters of a point, probably kind of flat uh, because that much has been priced in. Going over that, tremendously unlikely, but that would be devastating. But if it comes in below that and 
you're taking short positions in the market, you have to be really, really careful because the market could get exuberant and fly the other direction. So, uh, again, we're advocating caution no matter how you try to play the Fed. I, <laughs> it's really a difficult thing to do. Understandably so. Thank you so much, Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. You'll find his blog at blueworldam.com. Coming up, financial company executives prepare for what's being called crypto winter. Winter is coming. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Around $200 billion of value has been wiped from the cryptocurrency market in the past four days, and it's prompting companies to lay off work Let's get the latest from Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based here in Chicago. Mike, glad to have you. Uh, it's been a tough week, weekend, uh, past, I'm going to say, yeah, four year. days, <laughs> year. <laughs> Call it what you want. It's been tough for crypto. Yeah, good afternoon, Rachel, and thanks for having me on. Um, so the latest is Coinbase announcing layoffs of uh, about 1,100 people, about 18% of their workforce. Uh, the CEO says basically they had they had um, ramped up hiring too quickly and did not ex- anticipate what was going to happen to crypto prices, uh, which, which have fallen very sharply recently. So you got Bitcoin down over uh, 50% year to date, and these altcoins are are down. They're decimated, down 70, 80, 90% on the year, um, which is pretty crazy since we're only in June. Uh, but yeah, so these, these um, layoffs come with, with basically just there's lower volumes, lower interest in, in crypto. So uh, revenues at, at the exchanges are, are getting affected. So Coinbase is the latest. Well, and if there's one thing that we know about cryptocurrency is it's not the most predictable. It is, in fact, a more volatile market. So uh, are we surprised to see that this is the response when it's had such a tough go of it? Um, the response by the company, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a surprise because, uh, you know, they they were planning on continued growth. And I don't think, I honestly don't think they did anything untoward uh, to, in growing. Uh, it certainly looked like things were, were continuing to go well. And then just basically the, the beginning of this year, just things turned turn negative. And it's actually pre- a good move on, on the company's part to, to uh to pair work workforce a little bit just just because there just is not the volume right now. So, um, you know, hopefully this is the last one, at least hopefully for Coinbase Longs this is, um, and Coinbase employees, and, and uh, we'll see. But, but uh, you know, we'll see how much more pressure is going to happen on these, on these uh, coin prices. Uh, Bitcoin, like I said, is down 50% on the year. Uh, but it is only down – it's basically back to levels of 18 months ago. So people have to put it in perspective. It just had a ridiculously high ramp up. And so this, this move down just gets it back to like year-end 2020 prices. Uh, so this is certainly could, could get worse depending on how much leverage is in the system. We'll have to see. But as the Bitcoin and, and other coin uh, prices uh, fluctuate – or uh, especially go down, you see some of these other exchanges like Gemini and Robinhood, et cetera, um, uh, also pair their workforces. So we'll have to see what happens uh, in the near term uh, to, uh, to the uh, crypto pricing. That's Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk. Here in Chicago, up next, we'll have a need-to-know guide on both Roth IRA and 401k plans. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
You've likely heard of both a Roth IRA, but maybe you're not familiar with its lesser-known cousin, the Roth 401k. Let's learn about it from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, first, let's define a Roth IRA. Well, a Roth IRA, what we sometimes refer affectionately to as a tax insurance account, is nothing more than the type of IRA where you put after-tax money in, it grows tax-deferred, but best of all, everything comes out tax-free as long as you've held that Roth IRA for five years or till the age of 59 and a half. And a supersized version of the Roth IRA is what you alluded to, Rachel. It's that Roth 401k plan. And what are some of the differences between the two? What does a Roth 401k have that a Roth IRA doesn't? Well, the first one that jumps out to me is with a Roth IRA, there's income limits. If your adjusted gross income is too high, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. But with a Roth 401k, there is no income testing. So you can make as much money as you can, and you can still contribute. And don't forget that Roth IRA is funded by you personally. You know, the I and IRA is individual, but that 401k plan typically comes with a bonus. That bonus is an employer match. So I want to make sure that doesn't get overlooked. That's what makes the Roth 401k so powerful, especially if you have a company match. So how does one decide where they should go? Is it, am I better as a Roth IRA or is a 401k uh, more suitable to them? What are some factors to consider? Well, I think the first thing is you just have to know thyself. You know, if you have eligibility for a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA, the first thing is no one said you can't do both. You could. But I think for a lot of people, saving through our workplace-sponsored retirement plan is easy because the money comes right out of the paycheck, and that might give the edge to the Roth 401k for a lot of people. But if your 401k plan has very limited or expensive investment options, that might be the turning point as to why someone might want to pursue the open architecture and virtual unlimited options of a Roth IRA on the outside. What about tax bracket? Does that play a factor, too, in deciding between IRA or 401k? Well, you know, if we're talking Roth IRA, Roth 401k, I don't think the tax bracket makes a difference with the exception, again, of the income testing for Roth IRA contributions. The real question, Rachel, for everybody is where do people believe their tax bracket is going to land in retirement? And that's a vexing question that many people need to do exactly that, vet out with their certified financial planner to decide whether they use the Roth 401k or the traditional pre-tax 401k. That's a mission-critical decision, but it's unique to every person. Helping us understand the unique differences between a Roth IRA and Roth 401k is Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, airline bookings fall in May for the second straight month. We'll talk about what it could mean for your summer travel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The city of Chicago opens its cooling centers as heat and humidity reach dangerous levels. Conditions are tough for cleanup from last night's powerful storm system. In Travel Tuesday, the price of airline tickets is going up sharply, and fewer people are choosing to fly. The once futuristic flying car is moving closer to becoming a transportation option as well. WBBM Business. The Dow down 91 points, the Nasdaq up 69, and the S&P 500 down by 3. AccuWeather says dangerously hot temperatures today with a high near 99. Clear skies tonight, but still warm and humid with lows in the mid-70s. Tomorrow, once again sunny, very hot, a high of 97 degrees. The WBBM noon business hour continues. Temperatures near 100 degrees coupled with high humidity make it a dangerous time for people who don't have relief from the heat. Elisa Rodriguez is Deputy Commissioner for Chicago's Department. Department of Family and Support Services. She says they're paying very close attention to rental properties, particularly those that house seniors. Our collaborative efforts with the Department of Buildings will also identify when a landlord or property management company has failed to turn on or repair cooling units and act swiftly to remedy any such issues with property managers and respond to resident needs. You can find a list of places to cool off, including cooling centers and splash pads on our homepage, WBBMnewsradio.com. West Suburban Bellwood is one of the communities that took the hardest hit from last night's potent thunderstorms. An apartment building near 24th and Washington hit the hardest. I didn't know anything had came down until I came out my door. What came down was parts of the three-story building roof, shingles flying into the apartments. One woman trapped for a short time under a table, and in the neighborhood, trees down, one hitting a house and porch. This homeowner speaking with CBS2. The whole house shook, um, and it just came out and saw that, so it was like, it was lucky that it didn't go through because it's, it's really close to those windows. The Red Cross helping now, finding temporary housing and offering any other assistance. Dave Berner, 105.9 WBBM. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The markets are mixed, and we have a new announcement just uh, came down from Caterpillar that it's moving its headquarters from Deerfield, Illinois, to Texas. We're joined by Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. Jack, let's briefly touch on this announcement from Caterpillar and, and what we know about it so far. Sure, yeah, it's a, a bit of a surprise. As you know, uh, Caterpillar did relocate its headquarters to Deerfield from Peoria not long ago, uh, and uh, now we just we're just learning that um, it wants to um, move its headquarters to Texas. Um, it's uh, the uh, company saying that they believe that Dallas Fort Worth market gives them the ability to attract new talent and provide additional career opportunities to our existing employees and aid in retention. Um, didn't talk necessarily about taxes. They didn't really talk about uh, the area, um, but just felt that uh, for whatever reason, Texas is a, a more hospitable environment for the company and its employees. Turning our attention back to Wall Street, where the market's sort of struggling to stay in positive territory, is this because we're just sort of in a holding pattern awaiting the announcement from the Fed this week? I think that is. Uh, I think part of it is uh, digesting this new sense 
that the uh, central bank uh, has the potential of raising uh, overnight rates by three quarters of a percentage point. This was something that uh, we started to hear uh, a little reverberations around last Friday after the surprisingly strong uh, inflation report came out. Um, And so uh, here's a Fed that is, you know, pretty much been caught on their heels and, you know, arguably behind the eight ball, um, maybe now uh, floating um, trial balloons on, um, you know, a more aggressive stance. So I do think that that's starting to filter through the uh, investment community and we're seeing interest rates pretty much across the board um, higher on virtually no other news. And while the major indices are, are struggling to stay afloat, uh, of note today, I'm, I'm looking at FedEx. Its shares have soared some 13, maybe 14 percent now after announcing that it would add uh, some new directors to its board and raise its quarterly dividends. Can we sort of uh, break that down and what it means? Yeah, I think, um, you know, very good news from FedEx. Um, it was, the, I think, the, the, the dividend increase that um, really lent a lot of support to um, and underscores the success they're having. Of course, uh, I think all of us now have uh, mountains of boxes outside our front door. And, of course, uh, FedEx, UPS, and others uh, are, um, you know, are really responsible for, for all of that activity. So I, I think that, um, you know, from, from uh, in the context of everything else that's going on, I guess uh, FedEx, even with high gas prices, uh, appears uh, to be in pretty good shape. Let's sort of make a broad brushstroke here with the markets, because we're we're now entering bear market territory for the first time since 2020. I'm curious to, to get your opinion on how that played out in 2020 and if any of that can apply to what we're seeing today and what we can expect moving forward. Yeah, um, you know, somewhat of a different environment. Uh, well, I will say it's an uncertain environment, um, certainly not quite as uncertain as as the pandemic was when we first learned about it and the and the possibilities surrounding it. Uh, but on the other hand, if you remember back in 2020, uh, we really had, um, you know, the Fed uh, at our side. Uh, the Fed was making money available. Uh, we also had um, government uh, willing to write checks. Um, and so we had an enormous amount of stimulus available to cushion the blow. Um, now, um, after um, you know all of the the, the money is worn off, uh, you know the government is no longer writing checks to the same degree. The Federal Reserve is now trying to um, you know take back some of this uh, monetary largesse that it gave us over the last couple of years. Um, we're, we're seeing the effects of that. And so this time around, we don't have the Fed at our back. I think they would love to help us, uh, but they really have this inflation fight that they have to wage. And if given the choice um, to stamp out inflation or protect uh, the stock market and the economy, at least in the near term, they're going to choose uh, fighting inflation. Uh, and that's, um, you know, and, and that could be uh, problematic for uh, risk takers. Thanks so much. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. Up next in Travel Tuesday, airline prices soar, but bookings drop. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, and data from Adobe Analytics shows domestic airline bookings falling nearly 2.5% in May compared to April. It's the second straight of month-over-month drops. Let's look behind the numbers with Ken Goldstein, president of KJG International Consulting here in Chicago. Prices are up, and consumers are saying, "Mm, no thanks. 
Uh, I'm not sure that's really what's going on, because the fact of the matter is, yeah, cost of air travel has gone up. It's 34 percent for the summer over before of what was pre-pandemic at 20,019. All the airlines are saying, hey, we've got great bookings and it's going on there. Matter of fact, uh, the hometown airline, United, they added a second flight to Milan, as an example, where they're adding service is on the international where they can make things. Now, a few things to look at, which I think the numbers, while cautionary, should be looked at. One, American Airlines and other airlines are bringing back their change fees on many international tickets. Now, maybe the airlines are saying, well, we'll look at the numbers, but I'm going to make money and put those change fees back. So if you book a thing, you can't change it without a cost. Second thing to look at is the airlines have added, uh, 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 they increased their employment in April. They added almost 5,000 jobs in April. And so they're boosting or trying to get up to speed for the demand they think of. Now, having said that, you got to remember, recovery could lose its strength by the end of the summer because we've got a lot of factors going on. The cost of travel is up. The cost of renting a car when you get there is up. The cost of hotels are up. But there's still so much pent-up demand that I think the first few months, particularly June, which is starting in the summer season, July and August, you'll see a lot more increase. Where the concern is, which is where the airline don't make their money is in the third quarter, uh, September, October, November, and of course the last quarter of the year. So there's where a lot of concern is. So I'm going to use my usual expression, as I said when we talked about business travel increasing. I said I'm cautiously optimistic. And you mentioned too. I think this is a something worth noting is the consumer behavior because a lot of consumers have put off making those travel plans due to the pandemic, and so maybe they are willing to stomach those higher fares, especially if they've had to put off those trips. Well, not only are they putting off the trips, perhaps, but they're going to jump back in, and even airline cancellations, crew shortages, problems that they've got at the airports, at destinations, are still not stopping them from going. You know, if they had a bad experience, say, on United, that doesn't mean that they're going to hold it against United and not fly again. So I think these are the things that are coming up. And I think, again, as I said, it's cautiously optimistic. Where I'd be concerned is twofold. One, September, October, November. And more importantly, if you haven't booked your flights now for the summer, you may be hit with flight increases and you may start to say, well, maybe we better not go. Again, domestic airline bookings have slipped just over 2% in May from April. Thanks so much, Ken Goldstein, president of KJG International Consulting here in Chicago. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, look up in the sky because it's a flying car. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A German company named Lilium is producing flying electric passenger drones. Let's talk about the future of flying cars with Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, the year is 2062. Wait, no, it's it's 2022. We're not the Jetsons, but we are looking at potentially flying cars. Can you explain this to our listeners? What do these things even look like? 
Sure. Um, first of all, you're right. We're, it's, it's sort of the, the epoch of Jetsonia or something, if you're, <laughs> if you're into that kind of. And, and it's really true that what they look like is a fixed wing aircraft, like an airplane that doesn't where the wings do not sort of fold back like a fighter jet. They stay fixed. But what doesn't stay fixed is the engine outputs on the front and rear wings of this craft, which hold up to six people, this Lilium vehicle made in Germany. And what it amounts to is there's a little teeny jet engine in in each of multiple outputs on each of the two uh, the two wings, and those jet engines rotate. So imagine you're taking off in a standard Boeing jet from you know going from one place to another. That the engine's fixed on the wing, obviously. In this case, these engines rotate downward, so the thrust goes down towards the ground. The thing can take off from a helipad, go somewhere else wherever you want to go, and then once it, and that's when those things rotate back up to horizontal and push the push the vehicle forward. And then when you land, they rotate back down. So like a helicopter, it lands right back down on a helipad. In a nutshell, you can go from point A to point B, and I'll give you an example, from New York to Philadelphia in about 50 minutes. And of course, Lilium did the research. That's about half the time it takes to drive if there's traffic. And uh, as it turns out, also about 50% less time than taking a train. So out, you know, it's very, very quiet. They are electric powered, so theoretically good for the environment. And they go point to point extremely quickly. So it's very exciting. Now, obviously, conceptually, it's fantastic and it's exciting, but but how likely is this to actually be introduced, you know, into transportation? Oh, they're running they're running tests right now in cities in Europe. So, in other words, to, to answer your question, now today, the, one of these things, as we speak, probably although it's getting late, there is flying. Uh, and so, what, what's going to happen is really it comes down to some municipalities. The FAA, of course, will have to decide whether or not um, you know this thing can be in the skies and so on. So it's more a regulatory concern than it is another. And what does this mean for the future of travel and, and business surrounding travel? Uh, it's it's a revolution theoretically. In other words, and we're talking about within the next five years if they're testing them now. The revolution in business travel is exactly what this is aimed at. At first, it, eventually it'll get to be personal drones and jets like Lilium jets. But it, the business travel right now is constrained by airports, especially short flights like New York to Philadelphia, or say you know Chicago to some other regional airport. There, it's really going to change the way most business people get into a vehicle and get to the point they want to get to. Right now, it's built so it can land on an existing helipad. In other words. All the constraints that helipads have now for helicopter landing and takeoff, these things land on the same size platform. So nobody has to build anything. They just have to allow it to happen. Thanks so much, Paul Hawkman, telling us about the future of flying cars. He's president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show. If you missed any part of today's program, you'll find a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.